fucking finish chewing, please. <laughs> Bear of the Free Child is a weekly podcast that centers diverse narratives, insightful commentary, learning with our children, and de-schooling ourselves, owning our multiple identities, and treating children with dignity, creating community and sharing conversation from often silenced spaces, breathing life into liberation practices proactively and on purpose. It's about parenting. It's about self-directed education, loving. It's about learning, liberatory practices, defining love for ourselves and giving our love to as much of the world as it can possibly contain. Let's find each other. Let's support each other. All of these stories are important and should be shared. And we appreciate your feedback on the last two episodes. Y'all, I'm just, I'm so, so grateful that the work is working. You know, I'm getting so much wonderful feedback from folks who are getting a lot out of the conversations that are being had on this podcast, and I could not be happier about it. One of the things that um, seems to be most enjoyable is when Marley comes on and just kind of shares aspects of her journey. So we're going to do more of that for sure. And this is one of those episodes. I promised you a few episodes back that we'd be talking about the... um you know, there's this whole idea of a, a spirited child, you know, a strong-willed child, and that it takes a certain approach to managing that type of child without trying to squash who and how they are. And I think, of course, it takes a certain type of approach to deal with any type of child. But I do get it, <laughs> in part because I feel like I absolutely was that strong-willed child. And Maybe I'll have my mom on now that we're closer to her for some time. Hey, Valerie. <laughs> but I um, have Marley on this episode, and we're going to talk about that as well. Interestingly, my hope, I did have an expectation. I'm not so good at uh, releasing expectation all the time. I did have the expectation that we would go into some like deep dialogue about examples of times that she and I were beefing and what we did about it and, you know, four steps to managing your own personality while you're raising a strong-willed child. And as you'll hear, the conversation didn't really go like that. <laughs> if things come up that I can speak to in terms of specific tips, you know, or insights, then they will be on the show notes page, which is akilasrichards.com forward slash 43 for episode 43. But mostly, I think that you'll be able to just glean bits of, um, you know, things that resonate with your journey, just from the conversation. I really believe in that, the power of storytelling in this space. I'm also super excited about the next few episodes coming up. I think we have four episodes left before the end of season two, and that's going to put us right upon the one-year anniversary of the podcast. I can't believe July is coming up, and it's been a year since this idea just took form in this way. So I'll be doing a lot of, um, offering a lot of goodies. Yeah. As we wrap up season two and celebrate the first birthday of Fear of the Free Child podcast. So stay tuned for that. So let's get into this conversation with Marley about where she is in her journey right now. What are some of the things that are coming up for her and, um, a little bit of insight on how she manages 
personalities and such at 13 years old as she is learning to own herself with confidence. Where Marley is in her journey right now. She told Chris and me a couple of days ago, uh, she actually asked us about resources for a food journal. It was me, I think she had asked about it. And then Chris and I were talking about it. And I wondered what she needed one for. I was like, oh no, did they finally get you? Did you feel like you're too thin, not thin enough? You know, all of these things. And I said it kind of tongue in cheek because we've had the conversation many, many times over about media and pop culture and their skewed ideas of beauty standards. So I felt comfortable saying that. But then she explained that that wasn't, in fact, why she was starting a food journal. And I figure we can start there and then go further into just kind of Marley's course of study right now and, you know, what unschooling looks like for someone who is deliberate and curious and I think very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I basically... I started the food journal after I was looking into programs, you know, dieting, not, well, yes, diets as opposed to dieting programs for, uh, athletes, more specifically dancers. And I said, well, I need to know just how much, how, how close I am to that, to those sorts of eating habits. Probably not very close. So I'm going to go, but I'm going to go ahead and see anyways. So. You know, I wondered why dancing was so serious for me then, because prior to that, I definitely loved it and everything, but it was just kind of a, a an intense hobby. What made you want to get more serious about it to the point where you research what a dancer's lifestyle or daily habits would be like? That actually came from my K-pop college, which are just like online classes directly related to K-pop. They have instructors. What's K-pop? Korean pop music. They, their dance instructors are actually members from, you know, successful groups like BTS and Cara, uh, yeah, and Cara and whatever. So I was like, ah, I need to learn how to do this because they're killing it. So I need to learn how to kill it. <laughs> and the more I kind of looked into it, the more it was, um, the more it was definitely like, well, dancing is a, a huge part of it, but it's also public appearances and being on variety shows and whatnot. So, there is an aspect of having media standards of beauty. So I was like, well, I, I feel pretty much fine with me as is, but I do need to make some changes. So well, the changes that I'm going to be making based off the results of my, my food diary for the week will be part of a kind of a bigger plan to prep me for K-pop boot camp, uh, should I ever get the opportunity to go to go actually to Korea or somewhere else that has, you know, the facilities and the environment and things that I would be trained in, that I'd be raised in, in a way. That's great. So now, as we're here in Atlanta, let's talk a little bit more about what your overall course of study looks like. What are you serious about right now? And how is it showing up in your day-to-day life? Well, the reason that I wanted to start my whole athlete's diet was definitely because of preparation for K-pop, so it's safe to say that that's definitely become an interest of mine. Prior, it was, you know, somewhat of a thing. I kind of admired how young they were at the start, and, you know, they're like maybe 16. They started like 16, 17, and they just trained for like five years straight and then may or may not get a debut. So I admired the hard work that was put into that, even if there wasn't an absolute chance of success. So 
as of now, most of my, I mean, you can call it day-to-day curriculum, I guess, uh, consists of training. I've started looking at how to be a better choreographer because prior, you know, I just feel it out. But the more that I want to actually have a group of people, you know, that we can go somewhere, maybe bi-monthly or weekly and record a dance, the amount of patience that that would take, the amount of creativity, also knowing some things that only choreographers would have to know as opposed to solo dancers, that whole thing has been put into my daily stuff. And being back here in Atlanta, now that we're back in Atlanta, I feel, I I have no idea what it is because, you know, I've been traveling to South Africa and Costa Rica and everything, Florida, Jamaica, but Atlanta is just comfortable for me for inexplicable reasons. So I think starting here would be a great idea, which is partially why I wanted to come here because I've wanted to have a dance group for a really, really long time. I took a lot of classes and I talked to a lot of people, but I was always, I guess, shy is the the proper term, hesitant, shy to be like, uh, can we exchange numbers so that we can have a group and do dances and stuff, even if it's not K-pop? But now that we're back, I'm like, I can make a group now and we can figure out something because I know that I'm not going to be here for 15 years straight. <laughs> so I can work better knowing that the change in traveling plans was, I think it's partially, yeah, partially for Sage and my, yeah, mainly for our sake. It's helpful to know that that was the reason for the change in plans. And so I'm definitely going to try and make the most of it. (laughs) So as you make the most of this adjustment and all the different adjustments all of us are making and to settling into a space for a while, which is outside of our norm, I wanted to touch a little bit on the hot topic, quote unquote, of personality differences. You know, how you and I in particular, they they keep saying we're similar. (laughs) And so we tend, we beef a little bit, you know, we can tend to butt heads with our perspectives on things and some things you do or say initiate a response with me like, and the same vice versa. Can you talk a little bit about your experience with that and, you know, just honestly about what that's like and what you're learning about yourself? Well, it's definitely been an interesting experience. I mean, your parents are people and they have personalities, so it makes sense that you would beef with your parents sometimes. And the fact that that person is my mom just kind of makes things strange because we're around each other. Most of the time. I mean, not directly next to each other, but within the vicinity, right? So I've kind of learned how to, learning, I'm learning how to separate myself from it if need be, which is still really hard because I'm like, I'm gonna go back in there and be like, mama, what you're doing is stupid. What you said is stupid and here's why. And But then I remember that I, I can't do that. I can't risk <laughs> that. So it, it kind of forces me to have a different approach, which I appreciate afterwards. Cause in the moment, I'm just, I'm just mad. I'm like, what she said is stupid. What I'm saying clearly makes more sense or what she's saying is not what I'm saying. And she thinks it's what I'm saying. So this is why she's doing that. There's a whole lot of misunderstandings and understandings and communication and lack of communication, but I'm definitely trying to use to my advantage. 
I wanted also to touch on how Marley and Sage see unschooling, the philosophy, versus how Chris and I would see it. They don't really have a basis for comparison since they were only in school for a few years and it was some time ago. Uh, and so I sometimes find that I, anyway, feel it necessary to remind them when they're dealing with other children that everyone doesn't have the same experiences at home. So their communication style and communication needs may be different. So for example, one thing that comes up is that I, like they might see a kid who is depressed, you know, we might see, we might be watching something together and a kid is saying that they're depressed and, you know, they're expressing those feelings. And sometimes I feel like my girls are not as compassionate as I would like. And, you know, of course that's a judgment on them and it's in comparison to my own personal feelings, you know, and I have to just be honest about where I am with it and let them know. So, um, you know, sometimes I feel like I have to, they, they might say, oh, she's being dramatic or why wouldn't they just talk to somebody about it and all of that. And I have to remind them that everybody doesn't have the benefit of an adult in the home who is available to listen and who's trying to be present and trying to notice things the ways that their father and I attempt to do. So, you know, I asked Marley about whether she sees that privilege in herself and also whether those ways that Chris and I tend to communicate and the four of us tend to communicate with each other, whether that influences how she expects other adults and children to communicate with her. Yeah, I definitely have the privilege, the bias of, you know, just treat everyone like a person regardless of age. So I think the more environments I'm in that may be tomorrow or years ahead, I'll definitely be able to see, man, their parents probably didn't do such and such or even uh, without comparison, I'd just be like, I'm glad my parents did this because otherwise I may have done that in this situation. But as of now, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of the times when I invite Marley and Sage, mostly Marley, because Sage has made pretty clear that she's not really interested in like narrating her life story <laughs> as she sees it. Um, and of course, we respect that. So it's mainly Marley and I, and sometimes Chris and I, and sometimes all four of us, you know, just privately, when we talk about the different aspects of unschooling, I often have to remind myself that the girls are not interested in the end product. They're just living their life and they're just living in their process. So when I'm like, how does it feel to not such and such? They're like, compared to what, you know, because they don't have another <laughs> another sense. But but Mar in particular also, I think, has enough of a, well, really both of you in a very different way. I think a good sense of connectedness to society outside of us. They're 11 and 13. And we talk a lot about uh, social issues and economic issues and intersections of different forms of oppression and what liberation looks like. You know, we have these talks regularly. So they can see in some regards, how their life is different from other kids. I wondered if Marley experienced a difference with how the unschoolers in South Africa were in terms of communication style versus some of the people that she hung out with when we were in Atlanta, because really, she really got a chance to, both her and Sage got a chance to hang out with a good cross-section of unschoolers not in terms of cultural diversity, because most of them were uh, South Africans of Indian descent, and then a few of them were white. But just in terms of the diversity in age, 
that was a big difference than what the girls are used to because typically when we're in Atlanta, then they just, you know, they're around a few other people that they meet up with once in a while in terms of unschoolers, but primarily their, um, their friends are online. So I wondered if Marley noticed a difference in terms of like their style of communication and all of that. In regard to the South African unschoolers or just the unschoolers in South Africa, I mean, I find it so strange to say now because I don't know what I was expecting, to be honest, but I was really surprised on how involved with topics regarding social issues they see, they, they were, not they seemed, they were. They had their facts straight. They had their opinions. They were willing to share, to debate from a space of, well, this is what I think and this is what you think. This is why I think that rather than just going at each other. It was very interesting to see, particularly because of their their ages. They were, I mean, it ranged from maybe 7 to 19. It was a large, there were large gaps between people. But despite that, everyone was talking like, you know, how people expect maybe, I have no idea how, <laughs> I have no idea how middle-aged people function in society, but. They were, they were talking like how maybe like mature, like people expect mature 42 year olds to speak. Um, calm and still sharing opinions. So I was comfortable. I was comfortable there the entire time. There were a lot of different topics and little mini groups that would disperse and then come back together to do something and then disperse again. So that was kind of like it's society within a society, which was cool to see. <laughs> any bits of perspective that you might have for parents who feel like they have a very opinionated child. They don't want to try to stifle that at all. They respect that. They know that's a skill that their child needs, but they're having a hard time not like taking it personal. Do you have any perspective on that? Perspective or uh, like tips? I don't want to give it a label, just any thoughts you have on it. I have no experience with being a parent. I, I suppose it's just if you really do respect their their personality and their views that much, then you should try to speak with them from that space, you know, try and convey that that respect when you're speaking with them about about the issue that you may disagree on or about themselves and about your relationship. Yeah. What do you think they could do to get over the idea that, well, yeah, but this is a child and I'm an adult. And I mean, knowing that you don't have any experience with adults and I'm just saying human to human. I don't, I don't have that that experience very often. I, I don't know. I guess okay. that would be... I'm going to leave it up to my mama. She knows what she's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Um. <laughs> right now, my... I, I kind of just love this word. So right now, my curriculum does mostly consist of performance arts training. Though I have... I'm currently getting more into game development to go with my character design and concept design interests. So the most recent, well, yes, the most recent fandom, which is just the group of fans for the series, you call ourselves a fandom, right? The most current fandom that I'm super duper into is Ruby. And it's spelled R-W-B-Y, but because of the, the lore of that world, it's pronounced Ruby. I've been watching that show thanks to one of the South African unschoolers named Michaela. She introduced us to it, so I've been pretty much on it ever since. And I'm hoping to kind of find my character development style so that I can branch out from 
characters for series that have already been created and have my own. So research, my the main thing for my characters is is research, research my own imagination and other inspirations. So for all of my characters, I have to research weapons, right? I have to say if they have a gun, I have to research, you know, what type of gun they have, what type of bullets it uses, what things are realistic for their body type or their skill level or whatever. If they have bladed weaponry, sometimes I'll look at demonstrations. And so using the internet resources, because I do not go to the library much, uh, using internet resources is mainly my first course of action when I say, okay, I want to actually create a character. That's it. I just wanted to give you a little bit of perspective of what a 13-year-old unschooler, Black girl, curious in the spaces of anime and dance and writing and just creative expression, you know, what her daily life looks like and how she finds structure and curriculum, a word she enjoys. I think that's hilarious that an unschooler likes the word curriculum. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Um, yeah, because we're reclaiming it, right? And it's most people, uh, to me, most 13-year-olds that I knew, you hear the word curriculum, you're like, yeah. it's like a shudder. <laughs> but you love it. That's great. Yeah, so we just wanted to share a little bit about what that might look like. And I was wanting, in my mind, I was hoping for a little bit more detailed dialogue around managing our personality types and differences. But you get what comes up. And we try to be honest. We could fake it and just write something with seven tips to whatever the hell. But we shan't. <laughs> I could try to be like, tip one, um, they are people. Tip two, listen to them. Tip three, do not yell at them. <laughs> right. We could, we could go like- with the basics. But I will think about it a little bit. And um, the show notes page for this episode is akilasrichards.com forward slash 43, episode 43. And there, if I do think of some tips or Marley thinks of some tips, that's where you'll find them on the show notes page. Thank you for listening to me and my mama. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to Fair the Free Child podcast. Like the show? Then show your love or give your feedback at AkilaSRichards.com.